0: I'm Tony.
2: I'm Peggy.
0: And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time
2: in a small trailer,
0: looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts.
2: It is blow-y here.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, we got even the high wind warnings. Not a good time to be pulling a trailer through New Mexico, but no. fortunately we aren't.
2: We got home just in time. We did go on a weekend trip we got home and it was starting to get windy and it has gotten more and more windy for the last 2 days.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy windy out there, but we got to spend 4 days at Hamis?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it more yeah. later, but we stayed in the Hamis mountains with our local friends and had a fantastic weekend.
0: Yeah, we stayed with Brian and Patrick and Mickey and Michael at a place. We'll t- as Peggy said, we'll we'll get on it. But that does bring about a few words about campground etiquette.
2: Yeah, we have talked about campground etiquette before, but just uh, I mean, I'm sure our listeners probably don't need a reminder. But no. so maybe this is just a little nag fest, a little bit.
0: <laughs> nag fest.
2: You know, you always want to keep in mind that you don't want to disturb other people. I mean, you want to enjoy yourself. So. But there are some things that are just not enjoyable for your neighbors. And one of them is having your loud music of whatever kind, whatever kind it is. I don't care what kind it is. It could be everybody's favorite in the whole campground. And too loud is still too loud. It just happened that we had neighbors who were playing music. We did not appreciate one little bit. Well, I have
0: to say, no matter what music you like, nobody likes it. At the next at uh, two campsites down. Right. No matter what it is.
2: You know, we don't understand why, but there are people who don't even like Jimmy Buffett. What? I'm no, just saying. Not. Yeah, there are. Really? And so we don't play our Jimmy Buffett louder than we need in our own campsite. Our neighbors probably don't want to hear it.
0: Or our Grateful Dead for that.
2: Well, for that matter, (laughs) we'll pick on each other. Right. The other thing that can make a lot of noise and be disturbing to other people is a generator. There was a neighbor of ours that had a generator, but he was super considerate. I didn't hear it run until about maybe nine o'clock in the morning. And it was usually done by noon or so. So it really wasn't a big disturbance. And I know a lot of campgrounds have specific hours that you're not allowed to run it, you know, past 10 or before. I think there was one that they couldn't run their generator till about nine. And one of our fellow campers was like, how am I going to make my coffee? (laughs) (laughs) And so, of course, we told them about AeroPress. (laughs) Well, one of
0: the things about this campground, it had no services. So there was barely water and all of that right and so you had to have your own resources on your rv or tent there were some tent campers there well anyway we have an article about nine campground etiquette tips and they will be in the show notes that is on stresslesscamping.com As is a link to our Amazon store.
2: Right. So if you don't know, we do have an affiliate link with Amazon. And what we've done is actually put together a list of RV basics. And it's the things that we think, I mean, some are maybe not quote unquote necessities. I know they are to us, of course. But some things are just, you know, like I see a lot of times people ask, what kind of plates can I have that aren't going to break? And, you know, people use paper plates. Okay, that's not the way we like to be. People use Corel, and I know that those don't break until they do. And when they do, it's a terrible, terrible mess. So that's fine if that's what people want. We happen to use wheat straw because it won't break and it's microwave safe and all that. But anyway, we have our RV list
0: when you go to our store and at the bottom, there's discounts and deals. And one of the things on there is our link to our Amazon store. It doesn't change the price you pay at all. Right. What happens is good old Jeff Bezos says, oh, they are sending people my way. So they send us a eensy-beensy, teeny-tiny cut. Jeff calls us personally yeah, and he's says, like, thanks, dude, dude. Thanks, dude. Here's a Here's a penny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the way to find our Amazon affiliate link is you go on the website to our discounts and deals. And then at the bottom, there's some buttons there. And one of them is our Amazon affiliate link. And that's the way to basically help us out.
2: And as Tony said, it doesn't change your price. It shouldn't change your experience really once you get to Amazon. But it does let Amazon know that we Recommended that you go there and it helps us out. Every little bit helps.
0: Yep, that is absolutely true.
2: And our guest today actually is Hughes Autoformers. And the Hughes Power Watchdog is one of the absolute things that I list first when people say, what do I need to buy for my new RVing experience?
0: It was interesting to speak with him and I bet you want to hear from him too.
2: Yeah, Today, we are super excited to be talking to Brett Thomas, the general manager of Hughes Autoformers, and the makers of one of my, I'm going to say, maybe my most often recommended safety item, the Power Watchdog. Brett, thank you so much for spending time with us today.
1: Thank you guys. Thank you for having
0: me. Why don't you share with us what exactly is the Hughes Power Watch
1: dog. Sure, so just kind of going backwards if you will, everybody tells you you should have a surge protector on your TV or your computer at home. Mm -hmm. And you may not know why, most people don't know why. And I would like to tell you that that is a great idea. I I highly recommend it because you do have these things called surges or spikes that, that can happen, not necessarily that they will, but it is a possibility that they can happen and that surge or spike can damage sensitive electronics. So, you know, again, if it's your computer or TV connected, they could be damaged from that surge. Most RV surge protectors are just that. They're just really a surge protector sitting there waiting for a surge or spike that may or may not ever come. And again, that's not necessarily a negative. That's what an RV surge protector is. But that's basically where they kind of stop. That's all the features that they do. So about six, seven years ago, we came out with our Power Watchdog line of RV Surge protectors. And what makes ours different is that the module that would get used up or does get used up from surges and spikes is replaceable. So it's not a one and done. Um, other brands, if the surge module goes out, you're basically buying a whole brand new unit. With our units, the Power Watchdog, just a simple control module, The surge module, is what gets replaced. So. That's a unique feature to us. And then in addition to that, you know, again, the surge protector, just sitting there waiting for a surge or spike that may or may not come. We added a feature uh, of Bluetooth to all of our watchdog units. So you can download a free app. And then now um, you can see on your phone, whether it's a phone or tablet, you can see in your hand, your volts, watts, amps, frequency, kilowatt hour use. So you're getting this real time data that's providing a service. So. Not only is it that original surge protector sitting and waiting for a surge or spike that may not may not come, um, it is giving you active benefits, active service, letting you know what your voltage is, how many amps you're drawing. So you can do proactive with things. If you're getting low voltage, do you need to go to another spot? Are you are you drawing almost too many amps? Do you need to balance your load? So now that you have that data in your hand, you can you can be aware and and proactive of things.
2: And the thing you said about being able to replace, the component of a watchdog, and even, we're not going to talk about these, but other brands <laughs> that you can replace the surge protector itself, someone might say, well, that's expensive, blah, blah, blah. But the, compared to the price of replacing all the electrical components in your RV, this is a way better option.
1: Correct. I mean, penny wise, pound foolish. You do want a surge protector. Um, It is an insurance policy in that regard. You know, you hope that you never need to use it, but one big surge or one spike can can take out equipment that's, you know, costs much more than just that surge protector or that surge module. So you definitely do want a surge protector.
0: And one of the things that we have found, I don't believe that our Hughes Power Watchdog has shut off because it will, it'll just shut off if it senses a surge. But what we have found more frequently is it protects our RV when there's not enough power. So low voltage. Correct, yeah.
1: In the RV field, more people are aware or hear of you know spikes and surges. It's kind of like the boogeyman, it's the name that people know. <laughs> but low voltage really is actually the problem that's there more, more often the rv part could be old if it was built in the 50s or 60s people didn't have big rvs that needed the electricity that they do now so mm-hmm. um older parts you know could be supplying you with low voltage covid and you know that time since then we've had a, a really big boom of rvers so there's just more people out there the power is naturally going to be go down voltage is going to go down obviously rvs getting bigger summer's getting warmer and, and longer where you need that ac so, there's a lot of compounding factors that are going to drive issues where you're going to have low voltage. And with the watchdog, it will, the EPO unit, the emergency power off, it will shut you down if you do get low voltage. But low voltage in general is actually the, the bigger issue, uh, a little bit more so than, than surge and spikes. But you need a voltage booster in that case. Something I've
0: learned from my buddy Mike Sokol, who, who's the RV electricity guy.
1: Low voltage can right.
0: kill motors and, and things like that pretty quickly.
1: Correct, yes. Low voltage with an inductive load, so motors are, are an inductive load. It's a reverse or I should say inverse relationship between volts and amps. So if you know voltage goes down, then the inverse happens, the, the amperage goes up. Your AC compressor, you know, is a motor. That is the biggest single load, typically on an RV and when you have low voltage so you know 120 is the ideal number it's the most efficient for motors if you get low low from that you know a couple of volts low a couple of volts high not a problem but you know we're talking about sustained you know 113 110 108 which is very common you can definitely get that in rv park your compressors and motors are now drawing more amps than they normally would be so they're going to get hotter the heat can damage the magnetics could damage the windings you know uh, there's not a sliding scale like it's going to explode in in 10 minutes mm-hmm. but the easiest way to think of it is just that you know rather than it lasting three years five years like it should you know maybe it's going to last one year or two years we know for a fact that you know low voltage is damaging
0: well and something that as someone who used to manage a warranty department you might find okay this rv park my air conditioner fried or my more commonly now the 12 volt compressor in my refrigerator died so you Mm. go to the rv dealer and go okay i need to replace this and they're like fine we can get you one in eight months yeah yeah
1: yeah. luckily you know during covid there was that and just after covid there was the um, big issue of supply chain for the most part i think we're a little bit out of that neck of woods but but still yeah you know something goes down and you know you're out using it you're out the cost of the replacement part you're out the labor so there's a lot of things you know uh and having a surge protector or a voltage booster is going to prevent a lot of that headache
0: so what do you say to people who you know i've been rving for 30 years and haven't had to use one of these things
1: you're lucky i mean we do get that so again I never would want to push anything on somebody i always like to tout the benefits of what we offer 30 years ago rvs weren't as high-tech as they were you may have had you know incandescent lights things that were much more rugged you know but at the same time rudimentary literally a wire from point a to point b nowadays you know we have smart sensors and smart this and a computer chip that's literally you know in every point of connection along the way it's the fine circuitry, it's the fine electronics, it's those small wires, microscopic wires, those chips, those are the ones that get damaged in surges and spikes. Little one penny resistor that's, you know, smaller than your fingernail, that that little thing goes out because of a surge or spike and now your you know your microwave doesn't work properly or it doesn't work at all. So things have changed over the thirty over over thirty years. Infrastructure for parks are are, are is older. Um, more people are RVing. You can get a surge or spike from your neighbor, you know, unplugging their RV cor- uh, you know incorrectly. So you definitely do want a surge protector. And then again, the R's have that added benefit of giving you the, the data in real time. So it's not just sitting there doing nothing. It is giving you your volts, watts, and amps alerts if there's a, a problem detected. Well, and that's
0: something that. I have used quite a bit because I am a nerd (laughs) and I love to see, okay, I'm going to turn on the air conditioner and I have the app open. Okay. How many amps does it draw or the refrigerator or anything like that? It's for me, I like to see how much power I'm drawing and what the different devices actually consume. And you can do that with the App that you get with the Hughes Power Watchdog,
1: and, and we get customers calling us up and telling us how they're using that information. But a good point to that is dealers and consumers alike. There's a lot of unknowns about you know what size generator or solar systems setup you would need to work you know boondocking. So with the Power Watchdog, if they have that unit, they can turn on you know your TV, your radio you know whatever blender you know whatever you want to be able to turn on on a battery inverter solar system and it is going to show you your amp draw your watts that you're using things like that on your phone. So now you can go back to that dealer or you know your solar installer and you tell them, hey, I need a 1200 watt system because you, you could see how much power that's using on AC shore power. So when you're going on boondocking, you already know what you need. So again, when you have that data in your hand, you can use it in a multitude of different ways.
2: That's a really good idea. I had never actually
1: thought of that.
0: <laughs> that's a good point. So one of the stories that I've shared a few times regarding our power watchdog one time we were at an rv park and it was summer and we had our well first of all what we do is we plug our power watchdog in before we even back into a site so if we don't get the white dog we head back to the office right we were at a park and everything was fine and then a dude pulled in next to us in an airstream and all of a sudden our power watchdog kicked our power off what the heck happened And I looked and the guy had two air conditioners on an Airstream, on a smaller Airstream. What the heck? He wired them himself. And and basically, I don't know what he did to the loop because the power watchdog was off that quickly, but it protected us. Mm. But not everybody on that loop had a power watchdog. So you might think you're fine. And then here comes, you know, Joe backyard mechanic with his jury rigged Airstream and could cause damage
1: right yeah and if you don't have the watchdog or or any other you know smart device for that matter you, you really are flying blind because you obviously can't see electricity so even if you're getting low voltage your lights are still going to be on you know but meanwhile your, your appliances are working harder and they're being damaged so if you don't have a device that's letting you know what your your real-time volts are you are just at the mercy of the pedestal you're plugging in and crossing your fingers yeah, that's true, and and you might plug in and
0: everything's fine, and all of a sudden something changes and it's not fine anymore. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So,
2: yeah. can you tell us about the warranty for the Power Watchdog?
1: Yeah. So the Power Watchdog units, uh, they have a limited lifetime warranty, and we stand behind our product. So we are still a small, honestly, a family-based um, company out of Anaheim, California. We are not uh, that company that, you know, pushes your, your phone calls overseas or anything like that. You, you call and you get one of the four of us here to answer our phones. We can definitely do any kind of tech support. So a lot of issues, you know, people think that there's an actual issue with the watchdog. And I'll be honest, a lot of it's just simple things. You know, they download the wrong app. So there's not actually anything wrong with the unit. And if there is anything, again, there is a the limited lifetime warranty. Uh, so they can reach somebody here at our office and we'll take care of them one thing actually i do want to point out we we don't make a big mention out of this as we should i guess but uh, obviously the power watchdog units they come with a surge module already installed that's what you're getting Um, but if there's a customer that uses up their surge module within the first two years they can give us a call and we will actually mail them one free module so it's kind of a joke you know it's not the cat with nine lives it's the dog with nine lives (laughs) It can keep replacing that module if you need to.
0: Something that I understand about those power surge modules is that little spikes can reduce their life, right? It's not like Correct. everyone thinks of like the big shock, but it may not be the big shock, it may be a bunch of little shocks. little shocks.
1: Yeah, basically, uh, the MOV metal oxide varistor it, it can degrade over time, the spikes. You know, it's essentially excess energy, electricity, so it's trying to go through the MOV from point A to point B, and it essentially has to burn a hole, if you will, to make that conductivity to get to ground. So it degrades it in that sense where you can't burn a hole where there's already a hole, so essentially that's kind of how they go bad. So, yeah, if you have the, the better and best analogy that I can kind of think of is, you know, a shield with like a 100. If you hit it with a, a bat, you know, at one, you can do it 100 times. If you hit it with a bat at 100, you know, you're going to do it one time. So, we get a lot of questions, you know, how long is this going to last? And that's, you know, an, an un, unanswerable question because you just don't know uh, what type of surge or the severity of it that you may or may not get.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's there to kind of keep an eye on things so you don't have to know what might cause damage you just know you're protected and keeping on camping on yeah you got protection right
2: how do you and you may already know this but how do you know if you've blown your surge module
1: yeah good question so the epo units there's going to be a fault code window down at the bottom right of the unit so it's going to turn the faces of the dog's going to turn red Uh, And then it's going to display an E9 code that lets you know that the um, surge module is used up. Any of the fault codes displayed on the EPO units, there's actually kind of an engraving on the side of the unit. So you can match it whether you have your phone on you or not. If you do have the phone app synced, then you're going to get that alert on your phone, you know, E9 code surge module used up for the EPO units. And then on the base model units, there's a indicator light on the actual unit itself. Just, just like any other, other, uh, you know, base model brands out there. Okay. A, a physical light on the unit that will let you know that search module needs to be replaced. Great. Too
0: bad you couldn't make it. So the light up dog had like X's over its eyes. And <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the neat things. You don't have to know anything about electricity you basically plug it in where you plug your rv in and if the dog lights up white everything is bueno if the dog lights up red something's not bueno and you can go from there but i mean and then you also have like super nerd mode so you can go (laughs) in and see what you're (sighs) using and you know what's happening and all of that so i like that it's at its core is one of those things that anybody if you know how to plug an rv in you know how to work one of these right but there's sort of the advanced mode where it's like you can you can go so much deeper and and use it not just as a surge protector but also to kind of see what all is going on with your rv and i i dig that kind of stuff
1: No, no, you're absolutely right. You know, obviously RVing, the crowd's a little bit older, right? You know, so it's hit or miss whether they are tech savvy with the smartphone, et cetera, et cetera. But the Watchdog is fully automatic in that regard. You know, it's, you can just plug it in and then forget about it. And it's going to be as good, if not better. Well, I should say it is better than what's out there, but really the devil is in the details with the app, because, you know, then, then you can get down to the details, like you mentioned knowing how much power you're using if you're at an rv park that charges for power if you have a uh, 30 amp rv and you're drawing 27 amps you know that you can't turn on that microwave or that coaster oven or hair dryer because you're going to be going over 30 amps so you don't have to use the phone app but 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 using that app gets you that proactive ability which is just huge you know we have people that, that never thought they would be playing with their phone all the time, and that's that they call us up and say, you know, they're on their phone all the time to see <laughs> what they're getting. And again, you know, before you had that, you were really just flying blind. You just plugged in and kind of hope for the best. And this kind of takes a lot of the uh, stress out of things. You know, you can actually see the data, proofs in the numbers. If everything looks good, then, then you're good and, you know, you go on, go on your way. But before, you really just didn't know. So you're saying having a power watchdog is stressless camping?
2: What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do believe so. I mean, yeah, if you see bad numbers, uh, it's not like the numbers weren't there initially, right? So I think it should relieve your stress, you know, seeing that you got real time data on your in your hand. So it should definitely give you some stressless camping. Fantastic.
0: And anything we
1: didn't cover that should have so i mean the biggest the big push obviously is a, a surge protector we do you know robert hughes obviously hughes auto former where we started with our auto former and to all the listeners i mean it is a, a higher ticket item and i'm just being cut and dry so it's a harder sell just because it costs more but the auto former is the only device on the RV market in the RV market that boosts voltage. So if you have a power watchdog and now you can see your voltage in real time on your on your phone and your tablet, and you got a good voltage, well then you don't need an auto former. So you know you got the you got the surge protector. If you got the EPO model, it can shut you down. You know you're good. Um, but I tell I tell customers, you know, if you have the, the watchdog and you go traveling around enough or you're full time you're probably going to hit up an RV park that has low voltage you know especially during the summertime and if you're seeing on your phone you know the app that you're getting let's just say 113 or lower you're in brownout zone again you know your ac may not blow up in 10 minutes but it may not last as long as it should so if you if you are getting low voltage then then you know that the autoformer again the only device on the market that boosts that voltage is the product so Definitely, uh, our original item that started, you know, Hughes Autoformers hasn't gone anywhere. It's just uh, been changed over the years and now has surge protection as well, but that is an integral item to have for anybody that's suffering from low voltage.
0: To be very clear, the Autoformer is a separate item from the power watchdog.
1: Correct, the Autoformer has uh, surge protection. The watchdogs are surge protectors. The Autoformer can boost voltage, the watchdogs have Bluetooth. They're both surge, protections, uh, surge protectors, but they do have differences as well.
2: Right. Okay.
0: Got it. And is the Autoformer a portable device as well, or is it hardwired in?
1: It's a portable device. We do have an uh, internal kit, so you can mount it internally in, in the same way with our watchdogs. Just standard, it is a, a portable unit you plug into the pedestal. Okay. okay. Interesting. So, see, there's something that I learned. Yeah. We, we will have to let you examine a sample
0: here. Sure. sounds. I'm always all over trying out new stuff. Yeah, that's for my, sure. That's my thing. <laughs> well, we sure appreciate your making time for us and sharing the information with our audience. And we'll continue to keep traveling with our Hughes Power Watch dog. Thank you for the products and the way you support the products. It's a good thing.
1: We appreciate that. Like I said, yeah, we're still a small company, so we care about the customer. We really do versus just being a number or you know, we, you know just a a, a data spec. So uh, we appreciate that. You know, feedback, good, bad. we we do love it. Like I said, we're in we're in Anaheim, so, that kind of benefits for a lot of the customers are out there that are on the East coast. You know, if you have an issue or a question or anything like that, you can give us a call and we're still generally at work. So
2: yeah. Thank
1: you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's our pleasure.
0: So now your power is protected. And as we've said in the past, you know, this is not new news for those of you who have been followers of ours for a while we really like the Hughes Power Watchdog quite a bit. And that's for when we are plugged in. But as Peggy said, last weekend, we were four days off the grid in a New Mexico state park, and it was fantastic. And what made that possible was our solar and lithium power system that was created by ABC Upfitters. And we never really worried about it. What would happen is, Overnight, we have a 400 amp hour lithium battery in our travel trailer and overnight we get down to about 65 to 70%. And truly the big pig in that is the refrigerator, (laughs) but we were also running Starling.
2: Yeah, we ran Starling pretty much all day long every day.
0: Yeah. So morning we start around mid sixties in state of charge, usually by like noon the same day we're back up at 100% state of charge yep so the system just performed flawlessly and we're all sitting around talking about how well these systems work now and how it's just not something you have to think about but being the nerd that I am I love the little display on our solar and lithium system (laughs) that says how much power like there's times we're getting in 38 39 amps of power and this is in February so the sun is relatively low yeah and we're camped in a canyon
2: even I was sitting out there soaking up the sun I'm surprised the camper even could get any because I wanted it so much (laughs) 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 but we had four beautiful sunny gorgeous days
0: yeah it literally was the perfect weather for off-grid camping yeah the perfect spot and just the perfect system. And if you want a system that works to the point where you really don't have to think about it or worry about it or fiddle with it, and it just works, our friends at ABC Upfitters put in those kind of systems, whether it's a van, a class A, travel trailer, fifth wheel, however your rig is, they can accommodate it and they have actual engineer on staff who can go through and they'll ask you questions about what you use, where you like to camp. You know, they don't do just cookie cutter systems. Mm-hmm. It's systems designed for the way you enjoy your RV experience. So if if that sounds like the kind of people and the kind of system that floats your boat or calls <laughs> your camper, calls your camper. Give them a call. They're at 574-333-3225. Again, 574 574- or of course, you can find them through a link on the show notes at (laughs) stresslesscamping.com. Well, where were we camping off the grid,
2: Peggy? Well, you know, we keep saying like, gosh, we wish we'd stay home long enough to explore some (laughs) New Mexico (laughs) locations. And we have been, and we're super excited to be able to do that. Well, this last weekend, we went to Jemez Mountains, That is a little north of us, actually not very far, maybe an hour north of us, which is fantastic getaway, right? It's almost a staycation. You don't have to drive really far. You're not really tired when you get home, but you get to a whole new place and experience whole new things. So we stayed at the Vista Linda Campground, which is just south of the Hamus Springs Village. And it is a state campground. It is... $10 a night, which you cannot beat.
0: (laughs) I'm going to encourage you if there are state parks or small. This was a campground. What did there 13
2: spots in it? There's 12 or 13. I think there's 13 counting the camp host site.
0: It's a small campground and it's on a road. You might just blow right by it if you weren't if you didn't know it was there. If you're trying
2: to follow the Apple map that doesn't know. Oh my gosh. Right. Now that could have been my fault. I could have put in the wrong address, but try to find out before you go, if you, if they, if it really knows where you're headed to.
0: There there are days I just want to take Siri and.
2: Well, again, that could have been my fault. So there are 12 sites though. They are not reservable. So you go there and you just hope that There's a space available for you. We went on a Thursday to make it a little more likely, and there were spaces when we got there. The site that our friend Patrick had told us to take, someone got there on Wednesday and took that one, (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay. We had a beautiful site that we loved, and we were right next door to Michael and Mickey, and they were right next door to Patrick and Brian, and we each had our own experience. You know, Patrick and Brian's site was right by the river. I want to call it a creek, but it's actually called the Hames River. It was small, but anyway, you could hear the creek running, so you have that like babbling brook noise while you're sitting in camp. We had a site that had a covered picnic table with an actual, you know, roof over it,
0: and that's something we've seen in a few New Mexico. Yeah,
2: maybe all parks. the state parks have had that covered picnic area. So that's really been nice. We really do like that amenity in that campground. There are two buildings that have pit toilet, you know, men's and a women's side pit toilets, and there is running water, but it's not Something that you can hook up to, or you can't even hook a hose to fill your tank. So show up with water. Don't show up expecting to be able to get water from there. But they are lovely sites. They're all very well separated. They're pretty good size.
0: There's enough native vegetation from one site to the next that you really don't see your neighbors. That was pretty cool.
2: Right, exactly. And then each site has a fire pit and a picnic table. And I think they each had a barbecue grill. I know our site did. But we actually took our smoker for the very first time. It got to go camping with us. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> we
0: actually brought our pellet smoker mm-hmm. and I ran it off the portable power station right. that we have. Right. So it was out there under that metal cover and I smoked a tri-tip and New Mexico, we're, we're going to have to have a discussion because mm-hmm. the tri-tips here don't have the fat cap and doggone it, that's part of... The whole thing that makes them yummy. Yeah. So come on, New Mexico, you can do better than that. I mean, (laughs) the food here is pretty doggone good, but so far the tri tips, I don't know.
2: So apparently there is good fishing in the river. We don't fish, so we don't, we don't know (laughs) that, but I did read that in a couple different places. One of our friends said that they have seen a bear there. We did not. I'm Don't know if I'm disappointed or happy. Like I, you know, I kind of always like hope I see one, but not so close that they're scary. Right. Just like, oh, look up there on the hillside. There's a bear walking around. Yeah. We also took a couple of day trips. We went into the village a couple of times and had some lunches. One time we had burgers at Los Ojos saloon restaurant and saloon
0: and that place has been there for 105 years and it looks like it (laughs) and that's not a criticism at all no it is just a good old down home saloon place that sells really decent food and has Mm -hmm. decent beer and you you kind of expect you know there to be some there was a piano (laughs) and you expect some dude to be in there like playing the piano right and all of a sudden you know here comes Bad boy Smith or whatever.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And
0: and the door opens and the piano stops and everyone like gets quiet. That all that that did not happen. No, it didn't happen. That's like
2: wanting to see a bear. Like that'd be cool to see, but then you're you could be in the line of fire. So this town ain't big (laughs) enough for the both of us. The other place that we ate was Hamus Mountain Brew House, which is not yet its own brew house, but they said they got all the paperwork done and they should be starting to brew in the next month or two so when we go back we'll get to have whatever they're brewing but they do carry you know a lot of good local new mexico beers so that was nice and they have really good pizza
0: yeah but the calzones are just pizza
2: it's a folded in half pizza it's not like a pocket so just so you know (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I would say stick with the pizza and maybe pass on the calzones.
2: But that's me. Yeah. Another thing we did was the Wala Visitor Center. Oh, yeah. Which is really nice. It's got a small museum. It's got a little coffee shop. And the man who was working behind the counter said, oh, I make this thing called a s'mores coffee. And we're like, okay, hook us up. (laughs) (laughs) So we had coffee and we checked out the museum. We got some, you know, souvenirs, and they actually have a guided walk through the Red Hills. But I think the guy that was making coffees normally leads the hikes. So, and and I don't, I, I hesitate to call them hikes. They look like it, it. We saw a video, and it looks like a very simple walk through the hills with a a guide. So they talk about the vegetation and they talk about the rocks and, you know, what it means to their people.
0: The Jemez Mountains, where we were, I believe, was tribal land, right? It was the Wauwatowa? Well, we were
2: just outside the Pueblo. The Walatoa Visitor Center is in the Pueblo, but we were just outside of it.
0: Okay. And so that's where the guided, it's people from the tribe who give you a walk among... I mean, if you've ever looked at pictures of Sedona, this is every bit as pretty as Sedona. And so these members of the local tribe walk you through this beautiful red rock with these amazing formations, and they tell you, oh, our people have done, you know, use this plant for that or that plant for the other. And, and it's a real educational... Walk through, you know, the way these people lived for many, 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 many years. Another thing I really appreciated is the people at the visitor center speak their native language. Yeah. And that was pretty cool to me.
2: I think I read that that's the only pueblo that they do still keep the language alive.
0: Yeah, so it was it was just a neat experience. We did not go on the hike, as Peggy said, because the dude who does the hike a lot was the dude who was making the coffee yeah. that day. And he did a great job with that. But that, that just so. gives
2: us a good reason to go back.
0: Yeah, it's only like an hour from yeah. where we live, so why not?
2: The other thing that we did do was there's a place called the Gilman Tunnels, oh, and it yeah. is an old rail bed where they blasted tunnels through. It's no longer rail, but now... In season, you can drive through the tunnels, but right in the, the wintertime, I think because of falling rock and, you know, just maintenance issues, they close it off for the wintertime. But you can park right outside the gate, and we just walked up the road up to the tunnels, so that was a nice little walk and really cool, and we saw some waterfalls, and it was a really nice area.
0: Yeah, it was that was fun, and even Lazy Me had no problem doing the walk. <laughs> The tunnels were pretty amazing. I made train noises as we walked through them. (laughs) Of
2: course you did.
0: So that was a lot of fun.
2: So when we go back in order to take that Red Rock Trail guided tour, we also need to remember to take our swimsuits Yeah, because in Hamus Springs, in the village, there are a couple of ways that you can enjoy the hot springs. And one is a bathhouse and one is a place where there are pools and they are you know, mineral hot springs that you can uh, take advantage of. So we're going to want to do that, of course. And something else, we didn't go any farther north, but I found out later that just north of the village is the Hamas historic site, which is supposedly one of the most beautiful sites in the Southwest. And it has like 700 year old village and a church and things like that. So we already know what we're going to do the next time we get a chance to go to Hamas. I have a whole weekend planned. <laughs> yeah, you know, this New
0: Mexico place ain't half bad. For sure. So one of the things we did while we were camping is we got to enjoy some of Mickey's fruit fluff.
2: Oh my gosh. You know, we've talked a few times now about potlucks. And <laughs> man, no matter what your favorite thing is to cook, it's always There's always a new favorite when someone else cooks, right? Yeah, right. Well, Mickey made what I call fruit fluff. She just calls it fluff, but because there's fruit in it and I wanted to be more fancy, I I called it fruit fluff. It is so, so easy. There is a tub of Cool Whip, a box of pudding. Excuse me, Cool Whip. Cool (laughs) Whip. A box of pudding and some fruit. And what she advised is that you put about half of the box of pudding in and mix it into the Cool Whip. Just put the powder in and mix it in. And if it's still a little too liquid, put a little more powder. But if you put all the pudding, she said it gets too stiff, and then it's not fluffy anymore. And then you stir in some fruit, whether it's frozen fruit or fresh fruit or a fruit you've cut or just some berries, whatever you want. And you've got this really refreshing fluffy, fruity dessert. And it's so fantastic.
0: It was good. I really enjoyed it. Enough to, you know, more please. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, we got a new toy to try. We did. And we were really flushed with excitement about it. Oh, no, here we go. Anyway, we got a bidet to test out i'm sure they don't want it back <laughs> don't imagine we're borrowing like, it here try this and, <laughs> and when you're done send it back now, I no, i'm no. guessing that they're like yeah no don't don't send that back but what we got was the rv bidet by clean camper we got it while we were there so it just so happened that the package came after we left the house And our buddy Brian went and picked it up. So while Peggy was visiting with Mickey, I put this thing in. It was super easy to install. And something that really impressed me was the quality of all of the fittings and plumbing. And it is all specifically designed to be used in an RV. So everything just fit. It just worked. So if you don't know what a bidet is, it sprays your backside and is kind of a replacement for toilet paper, kind of, sort of. Kind of. You know, you still use something to dry your behind when you're done, but it uses far less toilet paper. This thing also had a sprayer for the The front side. (laughs) Yeah. There are two knobs, one that varies the pressure and one that varies which sprayer sprays. You can put it such that the knobs are on the right or the left of the toilet. As I said, everything is really well made. And this is my first time using a bidet. Mine too. And so what we did was we took a little video of our first ever bidet experience.
2: Yes. And
0: there's a whole video review of the RV bidet at stressescamping.com, which you can get to from the show notes. Overall, I, we liked it enough we're going to put a bidet in our house.
2: Yeah, I have really been curious about bidets for a long time. And I just, I don't know, was afraid to take the plunge.
0: <laughs>
2: I was afraid to ever try it. And well, you so, didn't want
0: to buy one and get
2: soaked. Right.
0: <laughs> Oh
2: Oh boy. So anyway, we are very pleased that we were able to get one, test it out, decide we actually do like bidets and you know, now we waited this long and now we have one.
0: Right. Well, and something one of our friends said, they, they looked at it and they said, well, this is more expensive than some of what you see on Amazon. And I'll give you that. I think it's 130 bucks and I've seen some bidets on Amazon for 40 bucks, 35 mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah. I don't know. When
2: it comes to plumbing
0: and especially RV plumbing.
2: Yeah, you don't want to mess around yeah, with plumbing. is not
0: better. The hose for this was a braided metal hose. The fittings are just really top notch. I'm a firm believer in buy the best and cry only once. Mm-hmm. So we give two thumbs up to the RV bidet from. Clean camper, it was a, a pretty neat. Oh, another thing it does, it has a cleaning mode. Right. And so you can turn that on and that will fill the bowl, the, you know the, your toilet bowl. And that's another way to put water in the bowl with this. Now, something that I've been told by RVers who have bidets, this reduces the number of issues you tend to have with your black tank because there's just a lot less toilet paper going in. Or none if you choose, like one of our friends uses small. They just have
2: a reusable towel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That they use to dry themselves off instead. So it's a lot less toilet paper and more water. And that's something that your black tank likes very, very much.
2: And apparently your backside. Yeah. Apparently it's good
0: for you. I have a whole, on the article at Stressless Camping, I found a whole resource of why bidets are supposed to be so good. And we think they are. We, we're sold.
2: Yeah. Will you tell us about the RV of the week that someone might put their own day in? <laughs> well,
0: we're back with our friends at Ember. And there has been a trend in the RV industry of what they call decontenting. In other words, during COVID, RV companies realized that they could sell anything they could run down the assembly line. So what they did is companies came up with fancier Bits and more stuff, and they incorporated it, and RVs got more and more and more expensive. And now, with RV sales more normal to how trends are, RVs are becoming less content rich. And you're seeing brands who are actually removing features that maybe you didn't want, or even coming out with models that are less. Fancy, less content-rich. And that's this new series from Ember, which is the E-Series. And Ashley Bontrager, whom we've interviewed in the past, referred to them as the Essential Series. So everything you need, nothing you don't. One of the things that Ember has really done a good job of is their basically reconfigurable bunk office storage locker it's just unique in the RV industry. So, this trailer can be a bunkhouse, it can have a hammock, it can have a desk, it can have a pterodactyl. No, wait, not that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very flexible floor plan that's not a huge trailer. It is a lot less expensive than some of Ember's Overland series and Ember's Touring Edition. And what they've kind of taken out is it's a traditional leaf spring suspension, but still rides on Goodyear tires. It doesn't have the frameless windows, but it still has that reconfigurable bunk area. It's a genuine queen-size mattress, and it still uses Asdell substrates on the walls. And So it's kind of more of a mainstream trailer than some of what Ember has done in the past with their more upmarket models. Something though that really impresses me about ember people who make decisions at ember and the factory workers you know the line workers are all people who go camping and you see that in the decisions made by ember so this still has the lippert quick drop stabilizers it still has the turn signal system that flashes the marker lights when you use your turn signal Mm -hmm. i know some of you May, may have to be educated on what a turn signal is, but oh, trust ouch. me, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> they put a little handle on the inside by the door and a little handle by the shower stepping out. So a lot of touches that transform this from, this is the more affordable of Ember's campers to something that feels like I got my money's worth. And that's something I really have to give Ember a lot of credit. There are a lot of people who make this same floor plan as a bunkhouse. Again, Ember just keeps knocking it out of the park. So there's a full review at StresslessCamping.com. It's the Ember RV E-Series 22 ETS. And uh, I got to see it at RV Open House. So you can check out my pictures and story at StresslessCamping.com.
2: Fantastic. So, wow. 84 responses to this week's question of the week.
0: Well, I'm happy because people seem to be going camping.
2: Yes, that's right. So the question that I asked last week is, when and where is your first camping trip planned for 2024? Now, I'm not going to read all 84 because I know you guys love when I do that. But.
0: <laughs> well, they can <laughs> find these at our Fun and Friendly Stressless Campers Facebook group.
2: That's right. So you can read them for yourself. A lot of people have already been on their first trip or were on their first trip as they responded a lot of our responses had to do with the eclipse. So a lot of people are getting out there and making their first trip, the eclipse trip, eclipse trip. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going all over. We've got people going to, well, of course, for the eclipse, you know, that kind of is a strip across the country that's going to, you know, kind of dictate where you want to be. But we've got people going to California and going to Indiana and, Going to Sedona.
0: We're going to be in Texas, I think. We're going right? to be in
2: Texas for the actual eclipse. Yes. We have, of course, already been on our first trip because we were we left here December 12th and we're camping for New Year. So <laughs> <laughs> our first trip was basically Arizona, I guess you'd say. Yeah. People are going to Kentucky. Oh, let's see. Somebody's going to be in Elkhart at a place called ABC Upfitters. Oh. It's yeah, a good first trip. That's
0: a good. The no shock zone, as it were. Wait, no, that's somewhere else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> People are going to Kentucky, going to the Knoxville Raceway, going to Oregon, going to Mississippi. So f- this is fantastic. I love it. You know, I guess my goal was to especially for the people who are like stuck in the cold wintry snow to say, don't lose hope. You're, you're getting out there soon. (laughs) Tom is like excited to use his new trailer for something besides a COVID hospital. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you all for answering. And as Tony said, Go check out all the answers because you might get an idea if you don't know where to go. You might find someone who's going somewhere really awesome that you'll want to go to.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we ask a question every week at our fun and friendly Stressless Campers Facebook group. What is our question this week?
2: Well, this week's question is, what's the best mod you've made to your RV? And I think the reason that I asked that is because I was so excited about that bidet and that... Very easy, but also very awesome mod that I'm just curious, like, have you done little things? Have you done big things? What do you think was the best thing that you did?
0: And you can answer that at our fun and friendly Stressless Campers Facebook group. You can also get to that from our homepage at StresslessCamping.com. Just check out under the hamburger menu, which are the three lines And that'll take you to all the places where we are social, which is probably all the places where
2: where you you are are social. social. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine. But also while you're on stresslesscamping.com, you know, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter that we send out once a week. It's absolutely free. We have links to stories and videos and podcasts and... Anything we see that we think will help you get the most out of your RV experience. Yeah,
0: there are some interesting videos that I've shared for this week's newsletter. So hopefully you're on the list. Check them out. We've got some great friends doing great jobs out there that we enjoy sharing. Right. And of course know that we only send one email per week, period.
2: That is all we have time to do. (laughs) And the other thing that you'll find when you're on the Stressless Camping website is show notes for this and every podcast episode this week happens to be episode number two four four on the podcast page but if you wanted to go back and see notes from previous podcast episodes that's where you would look
0: and of course another thing there are our deals and discounts for the best deals on the things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure
2: And if you know of a deal that you wish that we had, that you are pretty certain exists and we just haven't learned about it yet, please let us know and we will follow up on that. We want to find all the deals that are great for you.
0: Absolutely. Of course, you know, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It is free to subscribe on any place where podcasts live.
2: We are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire.
0: And of course, you know, a review will help others find the Stressless Camping Podcast. And, well, the more listeners we have, the better the guests and discounts and all of that that we can get. So, We really appreciate all of you who have reviewed the Stressless Camping Podcast and hope more of you join that little family.
2: And we also really appreciate when you share our content, whether you see it on our website or you see it on one of the social places, if you just hit a share button and share it with other people, maybe you want to forward a blog post to someone who you think needs to see it. We really appreciate that as well, because that gets more people out there that know about us.
0: We try to find questions that are out there and answer them on StresslessCamping.com. So if you see somebody asking a question on various social media forums, and you're like, gee, I wonder if there's a really good answer to that. The search on our website, chances are we've answered that and you can share that as an answer. Make yourself look good too. That's right. Depends (laughs) on what you think, what we've done.
2: Well, that is what we have for you this week. We sure do appreciate you hanging out again with us this week. We also hope that the wind stops blowing. Oh, it'll stop blowing.
0: (laughs) I do have rocks in my pocket. That's right.
2: And in the meantime, stressless Stressless camping.
0: camping. We hope you learned a lot